This episode of Wild Endeavors is brought to you by our partner podcast, All Hail Young. If you're enjoying some of the dark turns and less-than-heroic actions of our adventurers, you are sure to love the villainous undertakings in this Experience Points production. All Hail Yogg is an evil actual-play D&D campaign, featuring a rotating cast of players and characters. The goal of these fell servants is simple. Free their Dark Lord, the Elder God Yogg, and bring about the downfall of the world of Undune. All Hail Yogg was in the top of my weekly listening list long before we partnered, and I cannot recommend them enough. This is a highly talented bunch of storytellers and a beautifully executed production. You can find them at xpcast.podbean.com, at xpwebseries on Twitter, or on your favorite podcast platform. Oh, and just in case it's listening, remember, Yog before all. Previously on Wild Endeavors, finally having found a seemingly credible lead on a way out of Sauromor, the Companions set out on a series of tasks to prove they were serious about standing up to the Karsaros. The first task brought them to an old chapel and a pack of savage gnolls. Underneath the once hollowed ground, they discovered something much more disturbing was going on. This is the Shadows Campaign, featuring Evan Chamberlain as the elven wizard Leandros Lubakar. I'm, I'm not gonna argue. I'm just, I'm a, I'm a broken man, Hans. Adam Rogers as the human fighter, Hans Greger. I was thinking about getting a spear. Like, I pictured myself, like, throwing the spear. Devin Salisbury as the human gunslinger, Quintus Arias. Um, I just have a scarf with, with which had some weird baby in it from a murder house. And thanks to the magic of cross-session editing, in the latter half of the episode, we have Amy Jostino as the tiefling thief, Calico Bane. For the record, I said alcoholism do sometimes. And I'm Thomas Marsetti, your DM, and the guy who created an entire world full of NPCs, and then decided to basically be a pack of gnolls for an entire arc. Now, Chapter 21, Savage Catacombs. stand at the threshold of a large, dome-like room. Overhead, broken dwarven light crystals look down on the desolate remains of what was once probably a thriving underground garden. The fetid stench of decaying flesh fills the entire space. The trees and ground in this area are spattered with blood. Rotting humanoid skin is stretched between dead branches of some of the shrubs, or lays in heaps around the floor. Limbs lay around the room, some standing as if planted in the dead garden soil. More limbs and parts of humanoid torsos hang from the trees, like silent, grisly wind chimes. Some of this seems old and rotting, but there is plenty of fresh gore as well. Quintus launches a flare across the room. 
It arcs through the air and comes down almost two-thirds of the way across the probably roughly 300-foot-long room. It lands on the other side of what appears to be a cooking area. A large metal cauldron sits atop a pile of ashes. Stone benches and perhaps even a statue or two have been pushed to the side to make room for heaps of meat and racks that almost certainly have been used for some stomach-churning purpose. As the flare's light brushes across the dead trees of the garden, a low growl swells into the cavernous space. (laughs) Silhouetted in the pulsing light of the flare, four hulking, slathering shapes emerge, as if growing from the cauldron and the gore around the cooking area. Even in the awkward angle of light coming from the flare, it's easy to see the canine or hyena-like heads on these humanoid bodies, and to know that these are more gnolls. What would you like to do? I want to take a shot at the closest one, unless somebody else is doing something else. Will you have first shot? Heck yeah. I want to fire a fireball right after him. I'm not going to lie to you, I have a bad time with this. What'd you roll? I mean, total? <laughs> Usually Five. how we do it. Five? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's not so good. Mark Mark experience. So I think that it was a misfire, uh, but not like in a, like a damage or gun sort of way. Like the bullet just exploded uh, as soon as it came out of the barrel. And so you guys are peppered with like some shrapnel, nothing like damaging any of you, but you are all momentarily blinded and deafened at, from this explosion, like right in front of you. Uh, you're welcome. <laughs> I thought it was going to be something bad to me, but it was to the whole group. So it was to the whole group. I like it. So, Leandros, you are blind for the moment. Do you still want to try to cast your fireball? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Is my uh, mirror image there, though, still? Yes. Your your vision slowly begins to clear again. Uh, it goes from you know, utter blackness to slightly less. And you kind of are just able to start to see again with the th- three of the gnolls almost right on top of you, um, on top of your group. For the moment, you can't see where the fourth one is. The first one that comes to me or is closest to me, I want to attack. Okay. With the sword. Yeah, roll a hack and slash. Eleven. It's a good hit. Yeah, just sixteen. Sixteen points. Just sixteen. Okay. Well, I was hoping I'd hit on a twelve. I can do superior warrior and add other. On a ten plus, you can add one d six damage, but expose yourself to the enemy's attack. No, I'm good. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> I'm just here to help. Okay, so you slash this thing across the middle. Heard it real fucking good. Calico is gonna f- kind of like sneak her way alongside you guys and ends up behind everybody else um, while she's still kind of trying to clear her eyes. Is there one within range of me? Yeah. So Hans is like at the end of this hallway that like right up into the garden. The three of them are basically right there, and then you are probably about like five feet behind. Uh, you know what? Because it worked so well the first time, I'm going to cast Sleep on all of them. Roll to cast. 11. That's a good cast. So roll a d4. 2. 
So there's the one that has that Hans is attacking, and then the other two that are just kind of coming up to the entrance of the hallway. Which ones do you want to put to sleep? Uh, those two, because I think Hans has got a grapple on this. So I'm good. Okay. Those two tumble forward onto the ground asleep. Quintus, you probably would have been the last to kind of clear uh, your head from that misfire since it was really right next to you. Uh, what would you like to do? Realizing what that was all happening, um, <laughs> I'd like to quickly rush back away from them charging at us. And um, I'd like to line up a shot if I can. Okay, um, so there's not a lot of room backward before you're going up the stairs. So just so you know, like you're pro- yeah, you'll probably that's fine. I, just to just to gain a little bit more distance. That's all I really wanted. And then um, I'm going to I want to use a grip point and do my rapid fire. Okay. Before you do that, given that two of them have just like kind of flopped to the ground, and there's one that is. Uh, in melee with Hans, I I don't think you can get a bead on the other two. Well, can I? Um, like your your hmm. friends are in the way. Right, right. Do I have line of sight on like one of them? You could try to to draw a bead on the one that uh, Hans is fighting. All right. Um, You're a good enough shot. Well, then I'm gonna do a I'm gonna do a vital shot. Okay. Do you want to share with the group what that means? Okay, uh, vital shot on a 10 plus volley, roll damage twice and take the better torque. Okay. So here's hoping I get a 10 plus. Uh, 11. There you go. Uh, go ahead and roll your damage. Well, you can't get better than that one. So I did um, I did 15 damage. Okay. Yeah, I think you obliterate its head. And the deafening boom from your rifle awakens the two gnolls next to Hans. They get up onto, you know, or start getting back up. Hans, the the thing that you're fighting, its head just explodes, and there are two gnolls, like, not quite hands and knees at this point, but like, almost. So they're both on, like, trying to get back up? Like, they're they're going to get back up, unless you do something. If their heads are like that, are they right next to each other? I'm gonna say they are close enough for what I think you wanna try. I think I'm just going to pick the one on the left and, like, come straight down over my head with my sword right over the back of its head and neck. Okay. Kind of right right down the middle. All right, roll roll hack and slash for that. Just ten this time. I think that's still still good enough. I'll give you the kill. Because they are still very vulnerable, like having just woken up and kind of still trying to get up off the ground. So, yeah, you split the one's head wide open with your sword. Leandros, as you see the other one starting to get to its feet, you also see in the distance, uh, particularly given your your dark vision, the fourth knoll is running away from you towards a door on the far side of the garden. Oh, we can't have that now, can we? Can I cast sleep on that as well? Yeah, roll to roll to cast. Okay, sure. Eight. All right. So you draw unwelcome attention, take a minus one ongoing, or you forget the spell. Uh, which of those would you like to take? I'll take the uh, unwelcome attention. Okay. You put him to sleep. That one tumbles forward and kind of collapses just short of the door. But in casting that, the other one um, lunges up off the ground at you. So you can try to avoid that any way that you would like. 
Um, any way I would like. I mean, you can try. <laughs> okay. Um, poetry. <laughs> that just seems like a viable option. If you were a bard. Yeah, if only I was a bard. The mirror image of. Oh, oh, oh! Uh, can I attempt to charm person it as it as it touches me? You can if you do that. Like it's gonna attack you. But uh, Devin makes a good point. You do have mirror image up. Oh yeah, I do have mirror image. Yeah. So on a four, five, or six. It attacks your illusion instead. That is a two, so it does, uh, it goes for the real you. So yeah, you can, I mean, you can try to charm it. I want to try to charm it, yeah. Okay. Uh, eleven. Okay. Well, so first it is going to slash you with its claws. So that is, that is ten damage. Oh, uh, oh my god. It digs its claws like deep into your yeah. side. And then I you, that by my AC though, right? It has three piercing. I have a four armor. Okay, so then nine damage. Nine. Okay, still, jeez. And so then, uh, you know, out of instinct, probably anyway, like grab it, the thing's hand um, with its claws like in your side and try to charm it. And there is just not enough person in this knoll for you to charm. It's a little bit too much beast. Fuck. Are we all? <laughs> so Quintus, you see Leandros put that one to sleep and then get, you know, clawed in the side. And um, what do you want to do? Uh, I guess the closest guy to me would, would be the guy that's on the Andros. Mm-hmm. Okay. Please, please help. Please. <laughs> I'm just doing a normal, regular shot. Okay. Please, please, some way help. Yeah, that, ex- that extra hits it. Extra hits um, it? Yeah, it's um, uh, 5, 6, plus 3. 14. There you go. That's <laughs> Uh So 14 definitely hits, yes. Uh, roll your damage. 10. So your gunshot will also wake up the gnoll at the far side of the room. So he will... I mean, it's going to take him a while to get back up and, like... You get his bearings, um, so you all have a chance to to try and do something. Well, if, did that guy did that guy go down after I shot him? Or no? no. Oh, okay. He's hurt, but he is still he looks still pretty intent on eating Leandros. Hans, I think he doesn't want to, but I think he's gonna run over and try and get this guy off of Leandros. Um, so, all, yeah, all you really have to do is, like, turn around and, like, the the thing's, like, right there. So what are you doing to try to get him off? I want to, like, just grab it. I mean, is it smaller than me? No. It's um, it's about your size. Like, all right. I'm wondering if I'd be strong enough just to, like, physically pull it off of him. There's one way to find out. I want to try to do that at least. All right. Roll plus your strength modifier. Ooh. That's a mm, seven. Okay, so that is a partial success. Uh, tell me what it looks like. Are you grabbing this thing, and what exactly you're trying to do? I wanted to grab him like on his back with like both his nine hands and try and just kind of rip him off of off of him and toss him to the side. Okay, okay. So you yeah, so you you reach around this thing and you are able to kind of like pull it and for just a moment like lift it up off its feet and off of Leandros. But as you do that, it is going to, like, bite into your sword arm. 
that is eight damage with three piercing. So what is your armor? Uh, four. Okay, so you still get one armor, so that would be seven damage. And it is, its jaws are now clamped in on your sword arm. Uh, but it's off Leandros. Um, I'm gonna do something. I hope so. <laughs> Leandros, as you see, like Hans pulls this thing off you, uh, what do you wanna do? I wanna cast a magic missile at it, or a couple magic missiles. Roll it up. Twelve. That's a good cast. I'm doing my empowered magic. Um, and so then that does max damage, correct? Yeah. So it'll okay. do eight damage. Okay. Uh, so describe that for us. Um, sure. Yeah, as it's like turn to hit him, I I would just uh, like wheel my hand up a little bit and fire a blast out and uh, hit it square in the face with uh, two uh, magic bolts. Okay. It probably would have whipped its head back. Like the the hits were so hard if it wasn't like biting into Hans uh, at that moment. But like you blow off like one of its ears, and you can kind of see like it like blast one of its eyes away. And there's just kind of like a, a bloody mass on the one side of its head. And this thing is looking pretty rough now. I mean, if it's still being alive and a problem for them, I mean, I guess I'll shoot it. Okay. I'm gonna shoot him. Roll it up. Hey. That is a partial success, so go ahead and roll your damage. Does it do something bad? Yep. What does it do? I did it so well! I know, I'll tell you in a second. Oh, it's probably dead now. Thirteen. Okay. So, at the last moment, the thing, as it's kind of like wiggling in Hanta's arms, just kind of like flailing around with the last bits of its strength, it kind of shifts its weight one way and like Hans has to like kind of take a step forward and the bullet goes through kills the knoll and then goes into Hans and so Hans is going to take seven damage as the bullet kind of just grazes um, through your side and then you feel the the knoll's jaws relax on your hand and there's just kind of turns to dead weight I'm not even going to like try to hide it that's all that's my bad <laughs> <laughs> is Leandros um, is he standing up now or no? He never fell down. Um, yeah, he was like kind of staggering back a little bit, but he kept his feet. When the thing was biting at me, and it like after it got shot, can I say that I like kind of threw its body toward Leandros's feet? Sure. Um, this is bullying, right? Because I was just gonna say like, here's another one for you. <laughs> Do you know where it went in me? Like, I think in your side, like just below your ribs. Um, it more winged you. You still just, you know, you've got a bullet hole through you. <laughs> yeah, so I like kind of grab at it, and there's probably a little blood. And I'm like kind of looking down at it, and I look back up at, at Quintus, and I kind of just shake the blood off my hand and just kind of shake my head at him. Like, oh, wait, I understand I that he didn't do it on purpose necessarily, but okay. like, I'm not necessarily happy either. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I definitely will like rip some cloth real quick if I can and like try to like patch the other side of the hole, you know, make sure we're good and good and good to go. So Quintus, as you're moving forward to bandage Hans, then you see that fourth knoll is on its feet and almost to the door on the far side of the garden. Seeing it I can't make a shot at it. You can now. Oh, okay. Yeah, definitely I mean the threat's still there, I would take a shot at it. I'm gonna use a grip point before I roll this. Okay. I'm going to do a vital shot. Okay. Six and a five again, plus three. Okay. So roll your damage. Fourteen. Okay. 
catch it in the back and it, it just topples forward uh, and lets out like a that, that weird hyena dog noise uh, as it dies. And then I'll go to help Hans help patch up his wound after that and also say like, Leandris, I know Hans said that one was for you, but I also shot that one in the head, so it might not work. <laughs> I'm going to attempt to bandage myself up, I guess. Okay. I think you guys can take a take a moment and kind of just stop the bleeding. Can um, my mirror image help me? No, I can't. That's right. Did, well, <laughs> no. I didn't shoot you, so sorry. Do you, I mean, I can if you'd like to help you. It's okay. It's okay. okay. I'm not mad about it. It's okay. <laughs> You're not. Just mad tell that me that spell. Shot. I'll bring you back too. We really are bullying him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's gonna murder fun. me at some point. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Probably. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Once you get all the bleeding stopped, and you guys are kind of, uh, what do you want to do next? Can I, can I like maybe look around and see if there's anything of value? Sure, particularly around like that cook area, like where it looks like there there was that fire and that the cauldron is set up. Uh-huh. You can see there's definitely it looks like there's been like a number of bodies that were like dismembered in this area. So you find you know shreds of clothing, a few torn bags, things like that. In the bags you find 67 gold pieces, the equivalent of like it's you know loose change from multiple bags, but it's about 67 gold. Heck yeah. You also find a bone dagger that has uh, a magic aura to it. Can I identify this? Yeah, I'll say if you guys, if you take a moment, just kind of like doing like a ritual cast on it. This dagger has a minus two to damage, but if you kill a creature with it, you regain 1d8 hit points. I will take that. Because you do a lot of melee, right? (laughs) Well, that's fine. (laughs) And then, you know, it's like knickknacks, like a lot of trinkets, again, like it, like things that were in like people's pockets, probably people, before they were brought down here and dismembered and probably eaten. There's definitely some signs like in the bottom of the cauldron. It's been used like, to cook like a meat stew, uh, like a people stew. I say we should go where that knoll was trying to run off to. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll do that. On the far side of the room, there's another door. When you open this door... You are met with a whoosh of cold air. Kind of that. The same way, like, if you, you open, like, a walk-in freezer on a hot day, like, there's that, you know, there's, there's that rush of cold air, like, there's, uh, like, a, some, like, an icy mist kind of swirls out a lot around the ground. Leading forward is a hallway with four doorways, two on each side of the hallway, and then a fifth one on the other end, opposite of where you are standing right now. Three of the doors, the two on the left and one on the right, are open. And the the doorway straight across from you and the fourth one, the far right, are closed. And maybe let's uh, clear these rooms out, guys. Let's sneak up and start clearing rooms. Okay, which room do you want to go to first? I'd like to uh, breach and clear the door on the, the left. So as you all enter the hallway, everyone roll plus con. Ten. Ten. Seven. So stepping in, like, this place is extremely cold. To the point that actually, Quintus, you're going to take one point of damage uh, from the cold. Just for for your the time that you guys spend in this area, uh, the cold just kind of seeps into your bones a bit. Um, I knew I should have fucking lit a torch. 
you get the impression that a torch would not be enough to, to keep you warm, or really, you kind of even doubt like that it would feel warm. Uh, this place is, is that cold. The inside the room to the left, it opens up. It looks like into uh, like a room like a walk-in freezer. The room is empty except for the remains of what looks like probably a human. It's missing its head. It's missing like a leg and part of one of its arms, and it's just like slouched at the, the far side of the room, like it was sitting on the floor. But it is it is unclothed and pretty mangled and very clearly dead, but somewhat fresh, probably because of the cold. And that's about it in this room. And does it look like anybody we would know? Or there's not enough left of it to be very distinguishing. Should we like move the body or leave it there? Just leave it. Next room. Okay. The second room on the left is, again, like a walk-in freezer type of room. In this room, a significant number of humanoid limbs, mostly arms and legs, hang from hooks on the ceiling, kind of like sides of pork wood in the slaughterhouse. Hmm. Straight across from you on the other side of the hall is the uh, the door that is closed, and then there's the, the door closest to where it came in is the one that is open. I, I would recommend clearing the ones that are open. Yeah, the open door. Yeah. Okay. That would be our next. Okay. So this room has a number of shelves lining all the walls. There's a number of clay pots. Quite a few of them are broken. There's a few that are unbroken. A couple of them seem to have, like, just some kind of herbs uh, in them. One... There's just a, some kind of foul-smelling liquid. There's one that's about like a three-foot-tall clay pot in the corner. It seems to be filled with blood. And in a corner, in a the remains of what would looks like a broken, what was at one point a three-foot-tall clay pot of blood, there is a clutch of eggs. They are black with very tiny yellow dots along, kind of like speckled with tiny yellow dots. Um, can I investigate these? You can. Tell me what Leandros would have done to, to know about eggs. That is a good question. Um, but I, I guess I would um, just kind of like get up close and like kind of like look at them and with like uh, this new dagger I got, not really touching anything, but using that to kind of like pry it a little bit and I don't know, maybe even pulling out my book and seeing if I have anything written down about it. Well, so that's my question. Like, has he has he done a lot of research into eggs, or like, is there any reason that he would know? what one egg looked like versus another? Probably not, no. Okay. Um, um, but I will um, try to stab something. I'll try to stab one of the eggs with the dagger. Okay, you can you can definitely stab it. <laughs> See what kind okay. of liquid pours out. So when you do, like, the egg kind of, it caves in. Um, the, like, the shell itself is pretty brittle because of the cold. And when it does, like, dozens of little spiders fall out of the egg. Some of them kind of start to very slowly, like, very lethargically kind of wiggle their legs like they would maybe be trying to move, but they are probably underdeveloped and almost, you know, it's below freezing in here. So they're, they don't do a whole lot, nor they, they do it for very long. But this egg is full of spiders. Okay, yeah, I'm going to back up. There are 11 other eggs. Yeah, is there everybody backed up? Everybody backed up? Can I look up? And see if there's anything above us. Uh, the ceiling's empty. Okay. Ah. Good call. <laughs> yeah. I investigate the blood pot. Tell me about that. Yeah, I just wanted to kind of maybe like tap it, see if there's any like you know water tension and or any sort of tension with it, and make sure like if there's any way 
to tell if it's human blood? How would you determine if it is human or humanoid blood? Uh, I mean, I've probably killed a lot of humans very gruesomely. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just smell. Yeah, I'll give I'll give you that. The uh, the Gimli thing, I'll just like do a little lick and it. <laughs> so so first of all, like um, when you open this uh, clay jar, like there is like a thin sheet of like ice blood on the top, and like once you crack that, like um, the jar has seems to have some insulating properties. So there is some liquid blood underneath that little layer of ice. If you do a little like uh, taste test, it it's it's definitely humanoid blood. Um, it's not like an animal or or beast blood. I'll go ahead and just do that there then. <laughs> hey guys, I want everybody to back up out of the room. Maybe let's check uh, the other rooms before you do anything rash. That's fair. So the fourth uh, room that the the room that is closed appears to be locked. Leander, so you can tell it is like an arcane locking mechanism, like Ooh. just kind of coming up to the door. You can sense that you know there's the the magic to it. It's not. Not a, like it's it's so powerful you can sense it. It's just that like whoever did it didn't care if you oh. knew that it, there was a magic lock there. Um, and I try to determine the magical properties of it. Yeah, I think you can just kind of you know studying and kind of like feeling the you know the arcane auras. It seems like a pretty straight up like arcane lock, something that you would be able to the arcane equivalent of picking a lock um, with like a ritual spell. I would like to do that. Okay. Roll plus your int. Ten. Yeah, so it takes you a little while. I mean, you, you don't do a lot of arcane lock picking, but it's also not a very complicated um, spell. So it will kind of, like, unravel it, and the and the spell, like, uh, dissipates. You're able to uh, then open the door. The walls are all lined with shelves. Most of the shelves are empty. There's a quite a few sort of, like, glassware left in here. These are most almost all intact. Again, some of them just hold, like, some weird, various smelling uh, fluids. Um, some that smell like vinegar. There's some that strong, like, smell very strongly of ammonia. Among all these various uh, concoctions of brews, though, you do find two healing potions. I'll take them and distribute them amongst my friends, but I'm going to keep one... Okay. Who are you giving the other one to? I'll give the other one to Quintus. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm a good person. You know, good people don't have to say that they're good people. <laughs> but I've never said it before, so it feels weird. I figure I'd try it on. So, are we done doing what we wanted to do then? What Quintus wanted to do? You've you've now been in all the rooms. You found like it's there's no doesn't seem like to be any threats. Uh, are we going to the doors that were closed? You've gone into all the all four rooms. The only other door is the one that's like the opposite of the door you came in to the hallway. Gotcha. Okay. Um, yeah, that's good. Okay, uh, I just want to... Um, could I do like a, uh, a ritual cast um, and create like a cone of cold? Like freeze everything in there? Sure. Okay. Um... Yeah, I think there's there's enough cold in there, and actually even enough, yeah. like, there's just, like, a hint of arcane energy in the air anyway, um, that it, you really don't have to even try very hard to, like, channel it into into some sort of cone or, like, 
yeah, whatever like, you yeah, want to pretty, do with it. So. Pretty sure I took a point of damage from the cold. Yeah, I just want to freeze everything that's living in there. Okay, so you get everybody out in the hallway, get them behind you, <clears throat> raise your hands, and those arcane symbols kind of pop up around your fingers, uh, your third eye opens on top of your head, and you begin just kind of drawing this cold energy from the air around you. And then with a little twirl of your hands, you unleash this cone of cold wind that just rushes into the room. The shelves and the few remaining jars and containers in the room either topple or or begin to rattle and then grow so cold they crack uh, and break. And even the the back wall, uh, the metal there, grows so cold from the, the brunt of this cold energy hitting it that it too warps enough that it begins to crack um, it's kind of like spider web along the back wall you can't so much hear but you see each of the eggs almost imploding as that organic material shrinks in the cold and the shells grow uh, more brittle and then they just break apart and crumble in on themselves you're welcome i'm a good person So, if you continue forward, um, the door at the end of the hallway opens up into a small circular room. It's noticeably not freezing cold in this room, so you're able to get it. There's some relief in stepping out of the cold of that hallway behind you and like closing the door very quickly um, and kind of you know rubbing your your arms and kind of like, trying to warm up just a little bit. The this room is only about maybe like 20 feet uh, in diameter. Again, it's, it's circular. On the wall to the right, it looks like a roughly maybe three foot around section of stone and dirt has come tumbling out of the wall. Um, a quick inspection shows there's not much to see there. If It looks like maybe the start of a tunnel uh, that collapsed in on itself, uh, perhaps a failed knoll burrowing of some sort. Across the room from where you're standing, from where the door that you entered is, is another, there's an archway. Hanging from hinges on either side of the archway are chunks of splintered wood. Some of the pieces still bear deep, knoll-sized claw marks in them. Uh, This doorway opens onto a set of stairs that seems to lead down maybe about another, another story or so. At the bottom of the stairs, you can see um, some red flickering light um, coming in from the room beyond. And you can kind of just make out the sounds of like that barking, um, growling sound that you've heard from the gnolls. What would you like to do? I'd like to load around a, a, a chamber. I'd just like to be ready. Okay. <laughs> we don't see them yet, correct? No. No. Okay. We just hear them. Hmm. Interesting. I want to try to. I want to start sneaking down there if I can. Tell me, like, tell me what. Tell me a little bit more about what you're doing. Uh, okay. Or what, I wanna, or what your intention is. I mean, sure. I my intention. Know, but... I want to get down as close as possible and see how many there are. If there's uh, a few of them, I want to uh, ritually cast uh, a spell. I would like to sneak down as well, then, by the way. Okay, with uh, Leandros. Yeah, possible. Kind of just like watching my steps, making sure no, I don't step on any rocks. Okay, so you get down far enough that you can kind of like crouch and kind of like just see and you know under the top of the door frame and kind of get a look at the room beyond the stairway. There are braziers and torches that are burning brightly in this room, um, so everything is is very well lit. 
even though the light is uh, kind of has a little bit more of a red tint than you would expect from, from just kind of standard firelight. The room is fairly large, like 100 feet long, maybe about like 50 feet wide. Um, the three rows of stone coffins run down the room. Each row has like 12 coffins in it. All the coffins are open, and many of them have like uh, splatters of blood, um, like around the rim or running down the sides or just kind of near them. The ones you can see into from this, from from your vantage point, hold varying amounts of a teal-colored liquid. Some of them have some of these the these coffin tubs have limbs sticking up out of the liquid. Most of them are like. Uh, almost like reaching up like with stumps the stumps are the basically the remains of some type of brutal method that was used to remove hands or feet or heads or um, the rest of whatever these limbs are attached to is kind of lost beneath the surface of the of that liquid around the outside of the room covering just about every available inch of wall save for um, three other doors are a series of alcoves. Um, they basically look kind of like stone coffins that have are like stood up on end. So like if the corpse, if there was a corpse in them, the corpse would also be standing. In these alcoves um, are uh, varying amounts of remains. Most of them again look like they've been kind of pieces have been torn off of them, and there is basically just kind of blood everywhere. Standing in a semicircle with their backs to you, kind of in the middle of the room, are ten gnolls. They are drenched in blood and kind of like swaying and moving around, like almost like it's some kind of uh, really creepy dance. Um, and you can you kind of get the impression that the whatever they are kind of growling, barking at each other is, is some kind of like, uh, almost like a chant. There is, there is some kind of rhythm to it, even though you don't quite, you can't understand it at all. In the center of the semicircle, slowly rotating around, doing the same gruesome type dance, is a knoll that is um, noticeably larger than the rest of them. It is disturbingly pale and is covered in intricate scars um, in the shapes of runes and uh, other demonic like symbols. It, its skin is covered in more scars than fur. Um, as it turns, you can see that its two eye sockets are empty and gory. They look like the eyes have been freshly plucked from it. There's a large gash across its forehead, like from temple to temple, and in the center of this gash is a, a very human-looking eyeball that looks kind of like it's been like just like squished into that wound, and the eyeball is kind of like rolling and spinning kind of all around the room. On either side of this larger knoll are a pair of pedestals. On top of them is something wet and dripping. It was meat of some sort at some point probably but now it just kind of looks more like red mashed potatoes and uh that's gross <laughs> so that's what you see wow that's that's a very good description um i feel sick to my stomach now i have to go Mike. <laughs> oh boy that is uh that's a lot how many animals do we see the 10 altogether there's 11 there's the 10 like kind of normal ones that you've seen and then the one big one with one eye and its forehead 
I'd probably look back at Hans and Calico and be like, and just mouth out the word, yikes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would have to go back up the stairs, because um, <laughs> they are still upstairs. But Yeah, because it's just you and me. Um, and I look at you and I say, yikes. And I look back at you and go, yeah, no shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have an idea. Are you whispering this to yeah, him, I'm, like, in the doorway? Yeah. Oh, maybe well, we should back up a little bit, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so the one in the middle, you saw he's kind of like their, I'm guessing their leader. I could maybe cast a spell and make their leader start attacking them, and maybe it might thin their numbers a little bit. I mean, if you think you can pull that off. I think I can. Think? I just need you to watch my back. I mean, I'm already here, man. All right. Okay. <laughs> How far away... Off? Haunted them now. Yeah, we should probably get them too, just in case they charge us. At least just let them know to be ready if we come running their way. Yeah. 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 Alright. I would so, like to... Uh, well, so so you guys go back up the stairs and tell them what you saw. Right? Yeah. And so you tell them your plan is to try to get the leader to attack the rest of them, right? And maybe the rest might attack him back or something, or he might thin their numbers. Um, also, I'll tell Hans and be like, uh, sorry, uh, I shot you again. I feel like I need to apologize, um, but we might need you again. Don't be, don't be afraid. We've we've beat bigger. Also, I really I've beat bigger enemies than this. I should. I really nice. hate to ask this, but I will, I will happily buy you another one. I need a health potion. If anybody can spare one, didn't you get one? I gave him out. <laughs> it was a, a sign of good faith, but I realized that. If there's going to be ten of them, uh, one of them hit me really hard last time, I might need a health potion. If it won't break, I just, like, throw the one that he gave me at him and say, I won't need this. <laughs> oh, God! I mean, I was going to give you mine, but... Okay. Not, like, mo- totally okay. maliciously, but not, like, also... Super nice. maliciously. I, if you're going to just give me one, I'm going to I'm gonna trade you for it, if you're okay with that. Uh, who, who am I talking to, Amy, or... I say, yeah, say, who are you Who okay. are you offering the... I was offering it to you. Uh, oh, okay. I thought you were talking to... No, I, I'd rather Hans keep his, because... Yeah, Hans. Yeah, at least I can barter with you. That's true. Um, I, I, wanna... I, I'm a sneaky, sneaky person. But what about your character, Amy? Oh, Devin, don't be mean. <laughs> okay, I'm going to give you this potion I have. It's poison. It's called Malice. What's it do? It blinds and deafens. Okay, what do I have to do to, like, get it to them? Do they have to, like, drink it? Do they just touch it? What? By inhaling it. All right, I'm going to drink this potion because I need it. Is it just, like, melon an area, or is it more like like a pipe? I was going to make you tell me that when you use it. Oh, okay. Okay, I can do that. All right, cool. Okay. Um, okay. You guys ready? Is that... Okay. okay. So, yeah, so Leandros, you're going to have to go down to, like, mm-hmm. kind of where you were, like, get within line of sight of the gnolls to do this. What are the rest of you doing? I'd like to uh, post up kind of like how we went down before and at least have a shot lined up on... Um, I'd probably say I'd have a, I'd try to have a line, like a, a, a shot lined up on the big guy and one of the smaller dudes. Like if um, like if, the, if this worked, I'll shoot a smaller dude, one of the other dudes. Okay. But if not, and I see like maybe this isn't working, I'll shoot the big guy. Okay. I mean, I'm kind of there for backup. I feel like I'm kind of ready to, to rush in and fight like as soon as it seems like I need to or if I have to. Same. Ready Are you guys going to be in front of or behind Leandros? I'd be behind Leandros in this case, which is not normal. Uh, I might be in front of him, but like not actually like, like in front of him, but to, to the in side. front of him and to the side, yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay, cool. Um, I'm going to say this then um, before we start. Um, they already kind of know the one thing I want to do, but if if things get really bad, I can create a wall to separate us. Um, that way they don't just, you know, come crashing on top of us. I, I think I can do that. Okay. So, Leandros, go ahead and roll like you were casting. Eleven. Okay. So tell me what the what uh, Leandros casting looks like. Just kind of like maybe casting it into like a whisper almost with, mm-hmm. you know, his eye and everything open, his symbol on his forehead. Mm-hmm. And he kind of just like leans down and then you see the spell go out and it's almost like a crown over the big guy's head comes out. That big knoll like jerks like straight upright as soon as that kind of like settles in on his head. He's still kind of like looking just to the like the right of the door and so you can still kind of see like that eyeball like spinning in his head just kind of like all over the place the knoll turns to one of the other ones nearest to it and just grabs it by the shoulder and opens its its mouth and the thing's mouth just kind of like keeps opening and opening and opening until it's like basically from like the top of its mouth like just a little bit below like where its uh, breastbone would be and it just falls on top of that knoll and then bites down and just rips its entire head off um, and like as it whips back, brings up part of the spinal column up out of the knoll, and the decapitated knoll like just collapses to the ground. And as you watch the the leader start chewing like the skull of of his knoll friend, you can actually see him starting to get larger and veins coming out of his arms as his muscles thicken. It almost looks like his teeth and and claws are also growing as he eats his friend. What did you do? <laughs> I don't know what I did. <laughs> also, I, I do the thing also, like, when it when it starts attacking, I imagine Quintus has his gun out. I just kind of, like, put my hand on the rifle, like, wait, just wait. This is fascinating. <laughs> um, I would like to take a step back. Okay. So the rest of the gnolls are still doing, like, their dance barking, chanting sort of thing. And so the leader goes to the next nearest knoll and just grabs onto one of its arms as it's waving in the air and, like, braces the other one against his chest and, like, rips its arm off and starts to eat that as well. Again, like, as it's just, like, tearing this arm apart, you can see it growing even more. And it finishes that arm quickly. Like, it's just, you know, it's just, like, chomp, 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 gone. Like, uh, kind of like Bugs Bunny with a carrot, you know? So is the knoll dead that it, like, ate its arm off of? No, it's now screaming in pain and kind of flailing, but the okay. leader knoll still like has its hand on its chest. And it's like, can I go like place. kill the armless knoll? You can try. Okay. It is like still kind of in the middle of this pack of other knolls. So it can get to it easily. No, not All that you right. want to try to like melee kill it. No, I'm good. Okay. I was just gonna like put it out of its misery, but that's <laughs> difficult. So as you watch, uh, the leader then picks that knoll up off its feet and again just opens its mouth like all the way down to its chest and again takes a big bite out of the the other knoll's head and starts chewing on that and gets a little bit bigger still. Hey, Leandros, I think we should maybe just stop him from doing that. Yeah, that might actually not be a bad idea. Okay. um... Do we think that's something he did or this is part of the ritual? Can Can I kill him now? Uh, yes. Okay, I would like and to run my to shot on the big guy, Thomas. Okay. I'd like to try to. I'd like to try to do a crack shot. On oh, my okay. advanced, one of my advanced moves. 
And why don't you tell the group what that does? Uh, if given the opportunity to set up an ideal shot on an unaware or defenseless target, I roll a dex on a 10 plus, the target is slain or mortally wounded. On a 7 to 9, I do standard damage and pick two other ailments on the creature. Roll it up. Ten exactly. Okay. So slain or mortally wounded. It's it's clutching the chest of one of the other gnolls. It's basically oh. it, yeah. It's standing kind of like facing you like straight on, and it's holding another knoll like kind of like just in front of it. Okay. I'd like but it's to... also significantly larger than the knoll. So like it like really only probably the leader is really only covered like his chest is really about the only okay. thing covered by the the corpse that it's holding. Okay. So tell me tell me where you're hitting this thing. Yeah, I'd probably like to aim for the apparently unhingeable jaw area and just try to uh, just take a nice like clean shot like through there. Like into its mouth or yeah. into the jaw? Like into into the mouth jaw area. Okay. Go ahead and roll uh, some damage too. Eleven total. Okay. The bullet catches it in like the side of its jaw, burrows like up through that like into the side of its face, and so see just like an explosion of, of gore as like half of this thing's jaw, part of its like lower face just like explodes out behind it and like paints what would paint the wall if it wasn't already covered in blood. Um, and the thing lets out a roar, and the all the other gnolls spin towards the doorway and begin to run at I want to finish off by taking, putting one foot back on the staircase and reloading my gun. I wanted to uh, cast, um, just have like um, a pillar of earth just come up and try to crush into the ceiling a few of the gnolls. Okay, roll to cast. Eleven. Roll a d4. Uh, four. Okay. So this is a ritual that you're doing again, right? Right. Okay. So tell me what the, the ritual looks like. I'd say right after Quinn and Leandros said, you should probably stop this now. Uh-huh. And um, he just, uh, he grabs like a, a handful of earth, because I'm sure there's some there, mm-hmm. and starts, you know, chanting. And um, you just see, you know, in his in his hand, like this earth, if you could see it, like moving around his hand, I guess. Okay, yeah. And he, there's like an uppercut into the air, and you just see these pillars of earth jettisoning up. Yes. So four pillars of earth and rock um, comes jutting up out of the ground underneath four of the knolls and slams them up against the roof. Like, it doesn't just, like, straight up kill them. Um, it definitely has hurt them, and they are pinned there for the time being. That's um, what I was trying to accomplish. So... And so then the other four are still running at the group. I wanted to Seven throw my javelin. Okay. Uh, roll a volley. <laughs> Nine. Okay. You're going to land a hit, but to do so, you either have to move to get that shot, which places you in danger, or you kind of taking what you can get, which is less damage. I was going to be, like, running toward them while I threw it, so a run and throw, and then grab my sword after I threw it. Okay, so it sounds like rushing forward kind of puts you in danger, but then you get a, a solid hit with your javelin. Yeah. Go ahead and roll your damage. Fifteen. 
It's a good hit. As Hans rushes forward and to, to throw that javelin and he's drawing his sword, that same one kind of crashes into him and starts kind of like trying to get a hold or trying to bite uh, you in some way. I want to like push him off. Okay. You know, I'm pretty strong, so I feel like that would probably be my first like kind of like, get off me. Mm-hmm. I like that. Go ahead and roll Defy Danger plus Strength. 10 this time. On the 10 plus, you do what you set out to do. The threat doesn't come to, to pass. So you are able to just knock the thing back and get your sword up into position, and so you're ready to go. I will move and go after the one that is attacking Hans, you know, since I have to. Tell me what that looks like. I'm basically just, like, grabbing one of the knives that I have. And <laughs> For those of you not with us in person, Amy just made the motion of throwing a knife and then started giggling very hard and had to mute herself, so... <laughs> Roll your attack. Nine. Okay. And I am going to use the blood lead, by the way. Okay. So you can get a hit, but doing so, you have to move to get the shot off, which puts you in danger. Okay. You take what you can get, which means less damage, or you have to take several shots to get this one, which means you're going to lose one of your throwing knives. (laughs) Well, I have three, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I can lose one. Okay, so you, as this thing is rushing into Hans, and like he heaves it backwards away from him, you you throw a knife and it ricochets off the side of the thing's skull and like clatters off somewhere further down into the crypt. And you already saw that, had already launched another dagger. Slams into near the the collarbone area. Roll your damage. Six. Okay. So that thing is pretty messed up at this point. As Calico's dagger lands in that knoll, you can all see the leader knoll with like its jaw hanging off to the side as it's missing the one half, lifts that corpse up like above its head and like starts drinking the blood that's coming out of the, the knoll corpse. And you can watch as that's happening as like tendons start kind of growing out the side of its face again and start growing from the broken bit of its jawbone. They, they start kind of like reaching towards each other, basically regrowing its jaw. I'm going to try to take another shot at that same location. Okay. I'm going to actually use a grip point and I'm going to do an arterial shot. Okay. So that's on a 10 plus cause extreme bleeding? Yes. Okay. 11. That's a good hit, so roll your damage. 13. This one flies through where that part of the jaw used to be, and you can see it blow a hole through the back of its skull, and the blood just starts pouring. Tough to say exactly, because like there's also a ton of blood from the null corpse raining down yeah. on it already. So it is technically bleeding out right now, which means the clock is running for this thing if it does not get massive healing in a certain amount of time, which I just determined with that dice roll, it will die. It will bleed out. So there's three other ones rushing towards us, or four other ones, is that what you said? There's three still rushing. One has been held up by Hans. Okay. What I'll do is, because uh, I guess I have to continuously hold this earth to keep the uh, the four pinned. Mm-hmm. Could I then, with my other hand, cast Magic Missile? Sure. The sustainable spells from the playbook require a minus one ongoing as long as you maintain the spell. So let's do that with this as well. So you can cast wherever you'd like, but you just have a minus one as long as you've got the earth up. Okay. So I'll stuff my book in my bag real quick with my left hand now. Try to cast two magic missiles. Okay. Roll it up. Ten. That's good. Six damage. As your magic missiles explode against one of the gnolls, 
one of the ones that was being pinned against the ceiling manages to kind of like slide away and the, the pillar slams up uh, flush against the ceiling and that knoll falls down to the ground. This can take a little damage from falling, uh, but it is now free. And the other three come crashing into you. So another one is gonna come up on Hans. One is going to be on Calico, and one is uh, the one that you just blasted with Magic Missile is coming at you, Leandros. So, the situation is, if you don't do something specifically to stop them from doing it, they are going to attack you. What would you all like to do? I want to hit it with my sword, hopefully, like, kind of go for its neck, do the whole try and chop its head off thing. Okay, so you're hoping to end its threat by killing it, right? Yeah, so if it's, like, coming at me, my reaction is try okay. to hit it. Okay, go ahead and roll Defy Danger, then. Five. Oh, buddy, okay. That is an outright fail. So as you are, like, bracing and preparing for this thing coming at you, as you begin to swing back with your sword, winding up for the old decapitation special... The thing suddenly drops to all fours, and then using the extra leverage, leaps up at you. And coming in at a, a weird, unexpected angle, the thing collides with your midsection before you can hit it. And then, with its arms wrapped around you in a very awkward hug, it just digs its claws into your back and starts kind of breaking them. For... Eight damage. Uh, that's factoring in your armor and piercing and all that good stuff. Okay. Can I stab that one with my actual proper paperwork? Um, with your proper paperwork? Yeah, because uh, I yeah. had... Roll okay, look, plus look. bureaucracy? No! I had um, some other... I had like an emulator thing done and then the thief, team, thief thing done and then it was just messing up. Anyway. Damn it! Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're just going to try to stab it? To like, yeah, I'm going to pin off the things. So I'm going to, like, it's going to come toward me. I'm going to be like, ah. Okay. Go ahead and roll Defy Danger plus Strength. Uh-uh. 13. Okay. You land your, your dagger in probably, like, just around, like, uh, like the breast area. Um, and that's just enough to kind of keep it from landing a solid blow on you at the moment. But the thing is, just like inches from your face, so the situation is far from tenable. So I'm gonna let the thing, like, I guess it's trying to tackle me, right? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna let it get right on top of me, and still holding the the earth grasp, mm -hmm. I'm gonna try to grab its face with my left hand. Okay. And I want to just like flare up all the arcane energy I can. And grab it by the face, or, well, you know, like, right on the side of the face, and um, say to it, you may not know me, but you will know to fear me, as, like, the rage players, and I'm like, uh -huh. fear on it. Okay. So we, gotta, we have to resolve it trying to bite you first. That's um, fine. So that sounds like a defied danger strength, uh, but kind oh. of, like, trying to hold its face away from okay. biting you. Okay, okay. Actually, not bad. The nine... So you can keep it at bay, but lose the the spell that's holding the other three gnolls against the ceiling, or 
you can take some damage but still be in that place to cast something on it or you can basically get knocked over and like be pinned on the ground by this thing but not take any damage I'll take the damage because uh, I feel like this world could work so that is take 11 Damn. damage oh all that I literally just healed all that back up <laughs> that sucks so I think what happens here is as you reach up like to try to stop its face, it just opens its mouth even a little bit wider and then just like chomps down on your arm. And so your hand is now like in its mouth um, and its teeth are digging into your forearm. And since that is... Let's resolve that. So you have your hand in this thing's mouth and you want to cast a spell on it. Yeah, I want to try to make it fear me. Choose a target you can see nearby. Target is afraid of the object so long as you maintain the spell. The reaction is up to them. Flee, panic, beg, or fight. Okay, roll to cast. 11. That's that's good. Gritting your teeth through the pain, you cast this fear spell literally right into this thing's head. You watch as its eyes bulge in fear. And we'll come back to that, and I'll share what reaction I rolled for it. Uh, Big Noel is going to continue to drink some more of his buddy's blood. But he's bleeding too. Yeah, yeah. Okay. As he's drinking this blood, he is being healed by it. So the his jaw is knitting up some more. That hole in the back of his head is slowly shrinking. I was hoping the blood he was drinking was just, like, going through the hole. Yes, most of it is. The two effects you've put on him have significantly reduced his healing. In fact, if those two shots had been normal attacks, he would have already healed back to full, given the amount of other gnolls that he's eaten. Instead, he's basically on a countdown. But you can see even where the blood is just kind of like falling on his wounds, it is slowly beginning to heal the thing. Um, So to be clear, like it's still mortally wounded and bleeding to death, but it appears that eating its brethren is starting to slow that process. So given enough time, is it going to bleed to death or is it going to be able to heal itself enough? It's hard to say, but... Basically, it's still on its feet and and doing things at the moment. As the knoll leader gorges itself, slowly knitting up its wounds, the battle teeters into a momentary stalemate. Three knolls remain trapped by Leandros' earthen pillars. Hans is grappled, but is holding back two knolls. Calico is just barely keeping one at knife point. And a frightened knoll has, for the moment, its jaws locked firmly around Leandros' hand. For one unnatural split second, the balance is held. And then, it all comes crashing down. Thank you for joining in our wild endeavors. And thank you to Kevin McLeod for the great music. This is it. Next week is the season two finale. Deep in those gore-stained catacombs, everything is going to change. You won't want to miss it. If you're excited about what's ahead, have been enjoying our adventures so far, or just feel like chatting, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us at Wild Endeavors on Twitter and Instagram, 
Of course, subscribing and rating us on iTunes is a huge help for us, and the reviews we've gotten have meant the world. But more importantly, if you're enjoying this endeavor, please tell a friend. A good adventure is even better when shared with a friend. And, after all, it's dangerous to go alone. muted so I, I can't hear your excuses <laughs> oh, a snap i still can't hear you still muted i don't know how it works we still can't hear you i think you need headphones or a microphone of some sort oh man she's already smirsted she smirsted <laughs> she, she looks smirsted. she looks a little hear. little smurry oh man <laughs> Oh, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, sweet. Hey. For the record, I said alcoholism do sometimes. So. Oh, okay. She is smirched. I smirched. <laughs> oh, my. Here, here we go. No, I'm drinking energy drinks now, not alcohol. <laughs> I have plenty of alcohol, don't worry. Oh, we know. <laughs> we know. Hey, um, you all. So much. Yeah. <laughs>